Welcome to the Boss Chick Podcast hosted by Kimmy Jane. Hi everyone and welcome back to The Boss Chick by Kimmy Jane. In today's episode, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Tanya Ellis, who went from living on a cotton and wheat farm in New South Wales to becoming an award-winning stylist. Through her styling work with clients, Tanya helps women and men to find their authentic style, which is so important for making people feel confident in a variety of settings. Let's get straight into today's episode. Thank you so much again for agreeing to be a guest on my podcast. It's honestly an honor to have you here today. And before I dive in, and I know sort of know a little bit about you, and I know some of your accolades, but before I sort of get started, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about yourself, maybe what you do or what you would like the listeners to know about you. Okay. So um, I grew up in Tasmania, um, in on the nor- in northern Tasmania. I left Tasmania when I was eighteen. Actually, left Tasmania to so I grew up here on a grazing property. Um, loved agriculture, and um, that's actually what I focused my career on in my early days. So I actually studied agriculture and studied um, agribusiness management. So um, then ended up marrying a farmer from New South Wales, a cotton and wheat farmer from New South Wales. So we lived in a very small town in Western New South Wales, which had a population of a thousand people. We were out there for 23 years. Um, And while we were out there and after I had my first two children, I decided that I would have a bit of a career change and really focus on fashion. So fashion was something I'd always loved, but I really had found over time, and especially living in so many different places and in rural areas, how important people's personal style was for them and how it really affected their life. Um, People don't realise that the way they present Mm. and the confidence that their own personal style brings, how much of an important role it plays in their life. So it was something I'd struggled with in over my time and trying to fit in um, in different places and be authentic and true to your own style. So, yeah, it was something that I all of a sudden just decided, I think this is where I want to head my, I mean, my career as I move forward. So studied um, um, oh, Masters of Professional Styling with Australian Style Institute. Um, it's a three-year study course. Um And then I started my own freelance um, fashion styling business. So we did that in New South Wales across Southern Australia for six years. And then we moved back to Tasmania and um, now been doing that here in Tasmania and really trying to establish new clients and new opportunities here in Tasmania for the past two years. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Sounds like quite a change from spending such a large portion of time I guess as you say um, on a cotton farm and then just deciding after having a first kid to make that transition go and study and make that change after you got your degree and you started and you set yourself up as a freelance stylist how did you go from that sort of beginning journey into the fashion industry to becoming an award-winning winning fashion stylist and image consultant and, you know, working with big brands like Maya, how, how did you go from sort of making that decision to being as successful as you are? Um, so it was really just 
a matter of um, something that a wonderful mentor from Australian Style Institute taught me um, was say yes and figure out how. And it's something that I have just lived by the whole time because any opportunity that came my way. And for me, where I was, I had to create a lot of my own opportunities because mm. it's all about just getting your name out there. And you'd know that as well, Kim, you've just got to keep getting your name out there. So I did a lot of stuff in my own small town, such as um, I approached brands. Um, there's a beautiful online brand called um, Bird's Nest Online. I approached them about um, using their garments and taking those garments and fashion shows to regional areas across um parts of Australia in my small town and other areas um, and did a few local big fashion shows, um, a few styling workshops. And from there, it just grew. People in areas like within a 400, 500k radius all found out there was a fashion stylist doing what I was doing in the area. So they would get me to do present at fundraisers for local schools. I was being asked to do personal styling with people, people that were on properties that were in isolated properties. I'm talking about isolated properties where the, the parents would do, um, they were, they were teachers for their children that were doing school of the air. And I would drive out to their properties and I would do a wardrobe consult with them. And then we would go to Sydney and do our personal shopping with these clients. So it was wow. something that they, they didn't had never had before. So it didn't take long for the client base to grow. Um, but it, it was a struggle. Like it wasn't easy. I'm not going to say it. it just all fell in my lap. It was constant hard work and constantly putting myself out there and saying yes to every opportunity. And some of those opportunities, quite honestly, didn't make me any money, none whatsoever. Um, but I just had to say yes to them. And people would then see, okay, this, this person is very committed. Um, I feel like I'm benefiting from um, my 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 career uh, sorry my role they actually got something out of what I was offering and then it just grew from there so and since moving back to Tasmania I've really had to re-establish myself and reprove myself again because it's a whole new client base so it has been starting at the beginning almost in the last two years. Sounds like you know your can-do attitude has really helped you and saying yes to every opportunity I think that's something or everyone all the listeners can take away from that Wow. And how has the transition been, as you said, like having such an established identity with your business yeah. coming down to Tasmania, how have you found, I guess, like in your words, reproving yourself and building up a client base here in Tasmania? It's been quite, um, quite a struggle, to be honest, and emotionally at times quite difficult because you... I left when I was 18 so people it was a whole new place to me basically like I, I have my family here and that's the reason for coming back and also to slow life down a little bit for us but it it really is proving yourself again and again saying yes to every opportunity it's a service that um not that wasn't there's not a huge amount of personal stylists here in Tasmania so it was um something that I had to prove that people really benefited from and it's word of mouth is the most amazing thing. So you just, again, keep saying yes to every opportunity and trying to uh, separate yourself from um, baskets that some people might put you in. They might say, um, okay, so that's um, modeling or that's 
something else. And that's not what I do. I work with individuals on their personal style and I work with individuals on their self-confidence and their body image. So what I do is very different to what has been offered here in the past in Tasmania. Mm. And um, there are now other stylists doing that here, which is great. I know them and I work with them as well. Um, but I just, it, it is quite new. So trying to prove that the services I offered really did bring value to individuals and to brands was very important. So just starting at the beginning again and keep pushing. That sounds incredible. And you just touched on, you know, talking about the benefit of the service that you provide to individuals. Can you tell me a little bit about what you think, you know, having a sense of style or being able to have a wardrobe that you feel comfortable in represents who you are? What can, what do you think that that actually does for people and their confidence? It's really life-changing. And I think if, if all the listeners out there put themselves in a position and think honestly for a moment, if they have ever said no to going somewhere or hesitated about going somewhere because they feel they don't have something to wear. And so many of us would um, re recall a time in our life or hear one of our friends or a family member say, I can't go to that. I don't fit in there. I don't, I don't have anything to wear. I'm, oh, those people get wear really lovely, fancy stuff. I just don't fit in. That's, that's not how we should be approaching life. Even when you have an important presentation at work or uh, it could be anything, you may be going into a meeting. It might be as a parent, you're going into a meeting where you need to feel confident and you, you've got something important to say, but so many people don't allow themselves to stand up and say that because they just feel like they don't fit in or they, uh, they're not presenting properly in a room. So a really great example I can give to that is um, speaking to a gentleman one day at an agricultural event and he, a very successful man, and he, he, he ran a very successful agricultural business and he got onto a board where he had to present in the city in a boardroom. And he walked into that boardroom full of gentlemen and ladies in suits and all of a sudden he felt he didn't fit in and didn't have the confidence to say what he needed to say. And yet he knew what he needed to say and he was highly skilled and highly successful. But just because of the way he presented, he felt he didn't fit in there. So that's where it does hold us back in life, whether it's our social life or whether it's our um, professional life, it really can hold you back if you don't feel like you're um, presenting in a way that gives you that confidence to just do anything you can you want to in life that is so true I definitely agree with that um, even on a day-to-day -day basis I think the clothes we wear change the way we feel about ourselves and how we act it's like you know how you walk if you're just wearing some I don't know track pants or something versus if I'm wearing like my favorite hot pink suit it just makes me feel more confident. It makes me feel more professional and I'll act differently because of that. So I definitely agree that what we wear on the outside actually can change how we feel on the inside. So it's definitely important and um, such an amazing role you have in so many people's lives. And I'm sure you've touched many people and helped them in so many ways. With also being, you know, with working in style, do you, are there like classic styling rules that you can apply to everyone or do you find yourself having to stay on top of the changing, you know, trends and things that are sort of coming in and out? What's that sort of like? 
So with there, there um, I don't really run on too many style rules because a lot of style rules are, are things that can get people stuck in a style rut. It really can because they're rules that they may have been told. They're old-fashioned rules that may have been told many, many years ago that they're now living by, which actually don't fit into their life. So I don't run by rules. I treat each individual as an individual because their circumstance may be, for me, styling is based purely around the individual's lifestyle, their budget, their, their requirements, and what they want the world to know about, what they want their style to tell the world about themselves, really, because our style is, it only takes three to three and a half seconds to make a first impression. And that's not a judgment thing. It's just what we do. So that first impression we make with our style is very, very important. Mm. And each individual will have something different to say. They may, um, they may want something that their lifestyle may be purely based on comfort, but they still want to feel good about themselves. So that somebody else might be changing careers. So their career might be going from something that was quite corporate to something that's a little bit more casual. So their style needs to change with that. Um, as women, we go through seven different hormonal stages, stages in our life. So our body is constantly changing. So majority of my clients are women. So a lot of it can be just body changes that we go through. And all of a sudden you lose confidence in how to dress your body because your shape has changed so dramatically. It doesn't mean that you always have to change your body shape to feel confidence. It can just be about changing your style to fit the body shape you can now currently have. So each individual, as I say, I don't work by style rules because each individual case is completely different. And that's why every single one of my sessions with my personal styling client starts with an in-depth one-hour consultation, mm. really to um, drill down on what the individual needs from me and what they need, what they want to achieve from a styling session. Wow, that sounds fantastic. I feel like I need a styling session after this <laughs> conversation. And also, not only you know have you worked extensively as a stylist, but of course you have recently put on Tasmania's very first Tasmanian fashion festival. So we could we can't not touch on that because that was incredible. We were a big part of so that's an amazing <laughs> Little part. thing. Yeah, it was an amazing event. Incredible event. With putting on that is that the, that's not the first event you've put on before, is it? No, I've done many events like that. So as I said, whether they were small scale or large scale, I've done many events and I just thrive on it. I absolutely love doing events like that. I love every bit of it because I'm a complete organized freak. So I do love organizing <laughs> events like that. And I love, I love bringing people from the industry together and I love getting brands, brands that don't always get mainstream attention and love bringing them to the world i think it's a really important part of my job because introducing brands to my individual clients like new brands but also introducing you know, um, individual brands to a wider audience that's a big part of what i love about the fashion industry and what i love to do i mean i was thoroughly impressed by the different tasmanian designers that were showcased i honestly was blown away it could have been in new york london it could have been anywhere in the world it was really it was a very proud tasmanian moment to see just all that talent we have locally it was incredible what was the most favorite part or rewarding part of putting on the tasmanian fashion festival and what was the most challenging um so for me um so the tasmanian fashion festival as i said working um in, and living in new south wales for many years something that i've always heard very strange things such as um, 
Oh, so Tassie doesn't have much of a fashion industry. So what's in fashion in Tasmania? And it was always a bit of a bugbear of mine that Tasmania has a lot to offer, but a lot of people would often undermine um, Tasmanian. We'd often get overlooked if um, Maya, for example, were doing runway series all across Australia and Tasmania didn't get a look in. So it was always something that I always thought when I moved back to Tasmania, I want to bring an event such as this to Tasmania. We're the only state in Australia that doesn't have a fashion festival or a fashion week. So I always planned on doing that. So I did, when the first year I moved back, I did a small um, Launceston Fashion Festival here in Launceston. Um, with that, I, uh, the vice president of the Tasmanian Fashion Festival attended that event and together we got chatting. I'd never met Vicky before, but we got chatting and we said, this is something that we need to do statewide. And I said, I'd always dreamed of doing that. That was always the plan. So together we um, joined all our resources and our contacts and we created the um, Tasmanian Fashion Festival Incorporated, which brought together an amazing group of, of Tasmanians within the fashion industry from all areas. And bring one one of the one of the most amazing things from the fashion festival was meeting all of those people that I'd never met before and pulling all our resources to create this event. Um, so that was an exceptional part that I really loved. Also meeting new designers and me, even myself, discovering new designers and new labels out there that I didn't even know existed. And then being able to put them all in the one room on the one one runway on the one stage and um, introducing them to other people. It was really, and to showcase not only to, because it did reach Australia wide, it wasn't just Tasmania, it reached Australia wide. And for those local labels to be presented on a stage, on a national stage was really, that was so rewarding. Um, the challenging part, as it always is with an event such as this, is getting funding to put an event on that scale on. Um, we all know that everything costs money these days. So to do something on a large scale like that was um, the, the challenging part was getting the funding for it. And we managed to get the funding, but we would not have been able to put it on if it wasn't for so many people volunteering their time just to see it get off the ground. So moving forward, we really hope that we get the support of more business um, and government of Tasmania so that we can make it bigger and better and we can start paying all those contributors that donate so much of their time and skills to an event such as this. Well, I really hope that for the next one, the government and businesses definitely support it because I hope to see this continue forever. I hope that this happens next year and I'm excited and I hope that it's even bigger and better and I'm honestly thrilled. So Congratulations again for bringing that to Tasmania. It's such an amazing accomplishment and so many people benefited from the event, not even just, you know, the designers and the local, you know, like cotton growers. And there's also, you know, makeup artists and models and giving so many people who are part of the wider fashion industry a chance to be involved and, you know, practice their skills as well. So you've done a lot. <laughs> And with an event such as that, so many people do benefit. They really do because it's so many people are involved. There's photographers and, as you say, hair and makeup artists. And we were very fortunate that we had so many wonderful volunteers from TAFE Tasmania who were hair and makeup artists. Um, local businesses, hair and makeup, again, donated their time. 
And the a lot of those young people, I will say young people that had never experienced working backstage with a large group of models, they got that experience. And whether they continue that here in Tasmania, whether they move um, interstate or internationally, they will carry that experience. That's their first experience. And that's what I really want to create here as well, just more experiences for people. I think you've done a fantastic job of doing that and I'm excited to see what your next steps are and if you, you know, do this again next year. So fingers crossed, I'd love to see another one. (laughs) We will definitely be doing it next year, no doubt about that. Um, The Tasmanian Fashion Festival 2023 is already in the planning stages, so it will be happening and people just need to keep tuning in to where it will be and what what size it will be and um, if they feel that they can contribute in any way then they need to make contact with me because it will be another big event and we're all very excited the whole team behind the Tasmanian Fashion Festival are very excited to get it to get the next one happening. I'm excited too. Well, Tanya, if people listening to this podcast want to get in touch with you or they're looking for, you know, styling assistance, where is the best place for them to find S&I Styling? Um, so they can go to my website, so snistyling.com.au or they can find me on the socials, Facebook or Instagram and um, S&I Styling again. Um, and if they just... I'm very much somebody that loves to have a chat. So it can be really quite confronting um, putting yourself out there and approaching a personal stylist. So I'm very big on always picking up my phone. So if someone wants to, my num- my phone number is listed on all of my social pages and my website. So by all means, just give me a call, have a chat, and we'll talk through your individual needs about what, what I can do for you individually. Um, and don't be afraid. It's not a my styling isn't all trend-based or anything like that. As I said, it's very much tailored to the individual and what they're looking for. So it's, um, yeah, by all means, just send me an email. Or as I said, I love to have a chat. So pick up the phone and have a chat with me and I can see what I can do for you. And also um, any local labels or brands, um, editorial styling is something I love as well. So putting together your, um, styling your next campaign would be something that I would love to do because that's a, a very big part of what I do also. Tanya, thank you so much for being on today's episode. It's been an absolute pleasure being able to have a chat with you again and just learn more about your journey. Thank you. And I hope that we'll be in touch again soon. I can't wait to see what you do next year. Thank you so much for being on the Boss Chick Podcast. <laughs> no, thank you. And thank you for inviting me to be on. I love watching you, um, this podcast grow and I can't wait to hear it.